0: Hello and good afternoon from the downtown Tyler, Texas area, where it is a nice day. We are having 80s these uh, days this week, which is about as spring as it gets in Texas, in northeast Texas, but uh, we've had some very nice mornings and no complaints, uh, no complaints at all. I think we're going to have a few warm days and a few cool days still, but hey, it is Texas and it is May. No, it's not my birthday today. That was last Tuesday. It is our 46th anniversary this coming Sunday. And so a shout out to my beautiful lovely bride Joycey and love you so much and I'm so thankful for you, amazed that God enabled you to actually like me for such a long time and that we now have been married for such a long time. and that's a that's a great great thing. but that's not till Sunday, so we're good. Um, we're looking at the Psalms on Thursdays uh, from the Tim and Kathy Keller book, uh, The Songs of Jesus looking at the Psalms through a lens of first century uh, church including Jesus himself, that would have been his song book, his prayer book, and so he was very familiar with the Psalms. Psalms I believe, the last time I remember hearing this one, is the most quoted Old Testament book in the New Testament, and so that's Uh, That uh, means a lot. Um, The title of today's lesson, as you have seen, is um, My Enemies Are in Hot Pursuit and What Do I Do? Interestingly enough, you've probably felt that way, like you were being attacked and that everyone was out to get you. And King David felt that way. I think he felt that way many times. But he certainly felt that way as he was writing Psalms 56 and 57. Really, the Psalms uh, in this whole section seem to cry out to the Lord for deliverance and cry out to the Lord actually for vindication and even to some extent vengeance, uh, asking God to punish those who are taking advantage of, of the psalmist, those who are their enemies, those who are in hot pursuit of them. So let's get to it. Psalms 56 and 57. They're not very long, both of them. And so we'll cover them together. They are somewhat related to this topic that we're on. Uh, And this is how it starts in Psalm 56. Be merciful to me, my God, for my enemies are in hot pursuit. (laughs) Again, have you ever felt like your enemies were in hot pursuit? They were right behind you and they were out to get you. Well, that's how David felt. So again, verse 1, this time continuing on. Be merciful to me, my God, for my enemies are in hot pursuit. All day long they press their attack. My adversaries pursue me all day long. In their pride, many are attacking me. When I am afraid, I put my trust in you, in God, whose word I praise. In God I trust and am not afraid. Uh, Interesting that David would use those terms, uh, the uh, motto of the United States of America, whether we live that way or not, in God we trust, uh, still on our money. Uh, David says that while his enemies are in hot pursuit, while the adversaries are pursuing him every day, all day long and attacking him. He says, when I am afraid, verse 3, I put my trust in you, in God. Whose word I praise, in God I trust and am not afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? We'll come back to that one. But uh, it's interesting that uh, David equates trusting in God with uh, being uh, uh, a student of his word. In God, verse 4, whose word I praise, in God I trust and am not afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? If you're having trouble trusting God, maybe you need to get back into that little book we call the Bible. That's what David did. We've mentioned it before, and we're not there yet, but Psalm 119, the longest chapter of the Bible, uh, is all about the Word of God. I think that's significant. Verse 5 of Psalm 56. All day long they twist my words. All their schemes are for my ruin. They conspire. They lurk. They watch my steps, hoping to take my life because of their wickedness do not let them escape in your anger god bring the nations down i think political leaders certainly would feel this way even church leaders business leaders uh, sometimes leaders of families uh, of organizations of all kinds uh, probably feel this way like they're people are out to get them everyone's uh, in hot pursuit and are on their case and are attacking them and and so they David cries out to God. I'm trusting in you and in your word, Lord, and I know that you'll make it right. And and he says, they're they're conspiring around me. They're lurking. <laughs> they're in the shadows, waiting for my downfall, wanting actually to take my life, David says. And there's that little taste of vengeance. David crying out for vindication in verse 7, Because of their wickedness, do not let them escape. In your anger, God, bring the nations down. Well, sometimes we feel that way about our enemies too. Jesus told us to love our enemies, to pray for them, to wish them well, and I think that's the ideal thing, but sometimes it's time to vent. Sometimes it's time to honestly verbalize what we're feeling in our heart. And if you're feeling that way, if you're feeling attacked and like your enemies are all around you, attacking you every day in hot pursuit, then uh, read the Psalms. These Psalms are very honest, heartfelt emotions, whether they're great joy over God's wonderful blessings and deliverance or uh, anger and rage at their enemies, at the people that are taking advantage of them, sometimes even calling on God to act like God should act. That was Job's case. What can mortals do to me, David says. And we're, we hear that quote in the New Testament in, in a couple of different ways. Jesus says that in Matthew chapter 10. He says, hey, don't be afraid of the ones who can kill the, the body but can't touch your eternal soul. Um, those are just things that mortals can do to you. But fear actually reverence the one who can destroy both body and soul in hell. That's good advice, I'd say. Fearfulness and faith in God can coexist in us even as trust slowly wins out. I think that's a great quote. Sometimes we say, well, you shouldn't doubt. You shouldn't be afraid. And I get it. Yeah, maybe maybe if our faith was everything it should be, we wouldn't. But I realize that fear is a human emotion and we can't always control our emotions. Some would say we can't ever control our emotions. And so it's, it's uh, not about how you feel, and I would urge you to listen to Tuesday's message about letting your faith be built on emotions or actually on God's word. Um, but uh, fearfulness and faith can coexist. Uh, even God is not afraid. Uh, he's, he's big enough to handle it when we're upset, when we're afraid, when we doubt, when we have questions, even when we're angry. Because we don't feel like God is acting the way God should act. And yet, the Keller says, even as trust slowly wins out. I like that. You see, that's a difference for the Christian. It's not that they never are afraid. It's not that they never doubt or question. It's that trust slowly wins out. Ultimately, we go back to faith. Ultimately, we go back to trusting in the Lord. And just as David said, it comes from prayerful immersion in the scripture, the word of God. It's not just trusting in God in some blind faith, but rather it's trusting in God through his word, studying it, reading it, knowing it, uh, living by it, obeying it, and leaning on it. That's what David means in this chapter. Uh, we should not fear those who kill our bodies, but fear the one who can destroy our, our souls. And actually, the other side of that is just as important. Uh, realize that we are safe in the arms of Jesus. That even though this world turns out, Jesus himself said, promised in John sixteen thirty three. in the world you'll have trouble. Uh, nowhere in Scripture is there any kind of assurance that we're not going to be persecuted, that we're not going to suffer at times. In fact, it's exactly the opposite. Uh, God assures us that likely if, if we get on that narrow road, Jesus himself in the Sermon on the Mount even acknowledged that, you know, everybody wants to get on the, the big wide road a superhighway, but there are a few that want to get on that narrow road. Why? Because on the narrow road, you deny yourself rather than fulfill your every wish and want and desire. In the narrow road, you live according to God's word, maybe not perfectly, but as best you can. And uh, on the wide road, you live however you want to live. And that's where our culture is today in this country. It doesn't matter what God's word is or what God's will is. If it makes you happy, just do it. If that's what you want, just get it. And that's that's as far away from the way of the cross as you can get. Um, David still prays to be delivered from his attackers. And we should cry out to God for deliverance. and And if we cry out to God for vindication and maybe even a little vengeance that the wicked would actually suffer some instead of the righteous suffering and the wicked prospering, well, that's okay. That was the question that Job had. And so we'll get to that uh, in another time because uh, I'll be preaching some from Job this summer, one of my favorite books, as I've said. Let's continue on in Psalm 56, verse 8. Record my misery. List my tears on your scroll. Don't forget, David says, how I feel, how I've been treated. Are they not in your record? Then my enemies will turn back when I call for help. By this I will know that God is for me, in God whose word I praise, in the Lord whose word I praise. Maybe not good grammar being so repetitive, but that's how important God's word is to David. The very next verse, verse 11, in God I trust and am not afraid. What can man do to me? Well, we might say a lot. Peter tells the the people he's writing to who are being horribly persecuted and had been forced away from their homeland, they were refugees in what was probably modern day Turkey out of Palestine and 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 Peter asked that rhetorical question, hey, my trust is in the Lord, what can man do to me? And we and if I'm the people reading that, I would say a lot. A lot. And David could say that too, and yet he realizes that it's in God and God's word that he trusts. And that he finds his strength and his confidence and his assurance. What can man do to me? I am under vows to you, my God, David says. I will present my thank offerings to you. Those are those fellowship offerings sometimes referred to as they're, they're not required by the law, but they're things that we give to God out of our spontaneous desire to uh, show him our gratitude for his presence with us, for the deliverance that he has either given or at least has pro- promised. Verse 13, for you have delivered me from death and my feet from stumbling that I may walk before God in the light of life. As difficult of times as David went through, he knew that God would deliver him. And that was the 23rd Psalm that he wrote as well. But here he acts as if God has already delivered him. And maybe by the time he writes that part of the Psalm, he had. But remember how it started. My enemies are in hot pursuit. They attack me all day long. Paul in Romans 8 asked the rhetorical question, if God is for us, who can be against us? Who can separate us from the love of God? It is in Christ Jesus, our Lord, and we know the answer is no one can, no one can. Well, let's look at verse uh, uh, at Psalm fifty-seven uh, very briefly because it goes along with Psalm fifty-six. Psalm fifty-seven, verse one: "Have mercy on me, my God; have mercy on me, for in you I have taken refuge. I will take refuge in the shadow of your wings until the disaster has passed." He's Undergoing a disaster (laughs) and yet he's saying I'm not giving up on you God I'm not going anywhere. Verse 2 I cry out to God most high to God who vindicates me. He sends from heaven and saves me rebuking those who hotly pursue me again my enemies are in hot pursuit. God sends forth his love and his faithfulness. I am in the midst of lions. I am forced to dwell among ravenous beasts, men whose teeth are spears and arrows, whose tongues are sharp swords. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be over all the earth. I think it's significant that in the midst of the disaster, in the midst of the hot pursuit of his enemies, in the midst, as he literally says, of lions, where he is forced to dwell, Still, he says, be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be over all the earth. Just as David cries out for vindication and deliverance, he also cries out in praise and worship for the one who maybe hasn't even delivered him yet. David doesn't know how some of those things are going to work out. He just knows that God is going to be with him, that when he goes through the valley of the shadow of death, as the 23rd Psalm says, that God will be with him and that God can protect him, Um, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Um, For David, for Paul, for Jesus, and hopefully for us, the prayer is your will be done, Lord. And as the Kellers write, if it is better accomplished by our circumstances remaining unchanged, with our enemies in hot pursuit and in the midst of lions, uh, while we show our confidence in God and our trust in God, while the world is watching then be exalted O god just as david says we pray with the lord may your name be holy hallowed be your name your will be done Um, and we understand that god will do that one last part the last half of psalm 57 starting in verse 7 my heart O god is steadfast my heart is steadfast i will sing and make music awake my soul awake harp and lyre I will awaken the dawn. I will praise you, Lord, among the nations. I will sing of you among the peoples. For great is your love reaching to the heavens, your faithfulness reaching to the skies. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be over all the earth. He ends Psalm 57 just as he did Psalm 56. And of course, he talks about worship, and he talks about worship in the Old Testament way, where they had animal sacrifices, where they worshiped on the Sabbath instead of on the first day of the week on Sunday, where they used music, musical instruments. David was well known for that. Saul, King Saul hired him to play so that Saul's uh, anxious spirit could be comforted. That doesn't mean it's okay for us to do it simply because King David did it. King David also had to make pilgrimages to Jerusalem, had to worship in the temple under the high priest, had to observe the Sabbath uh, and the Passover uh, once a year. I had to offer up animal sacrifices, none of those things carry over, but what does carry over is for us to give our worship to God from sincere, trusting, confident hearts. Uh, And so we sing, because that's what the New Testament tells us to, in my opinion, I-M-H-O, in my humble opinion, that's how I understand it, it's how the church understood it for literally hundreds of years after Jesus died and established it, but the point is not That question in this passage, of course, the point is to trust in the Lord. The point is when our enemies are in hot pursuit, when we're in the midst of lions, we can still pray with David, be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be over all the earth. We can still have those steadfast heart that David talked about, knowing that whatever happens in this particular situation, God will be praised and he will see me through it. Uh, His presence will never leave me. He will continue to be with me if I will continue to trust and hope in Him. Uh, He doesn't leave us. I will never leave you nor forsake you, God has promised. Regardless of what happens immediately to believers, eventually it will be all right. And so I hope you come away with that today in this lesson. Whatever you're going through right now, and it may be very very hard, you may be in the midst of lions. You may feel like your enemies are in hot pursuit and the biggest enemy of all is the adversary, Satan, who is always in hot pursuit of us trying to turn us away from the Lord. And you may not be feeling the Lord's vindication, you may not be sensing His deliverance right now, but I hope that you still understand that His presence is with you. He'll never leave you, He'll never forsake you, and Jesus felt forsaken by His father on the cross and he did that for you and for me so that we would never have to I hope that you'll trust in the Lord even when things look dark and that you'll pray and sing with King David be exalted Oh Lord my God let's close with prayer father thank you for being with us Lord help those today who feel like they're in the midst of lions who feel like their enemies attack them every day feel like father that their their enemies are in hot pursuit of them help them father to see your deliverance help them father to feel your presence and father whatever happens in our lives we pray that you would be exalted and glorified and that however you choose to use us in your service to your glory may your will be done we praise you father in the name of jesus christ our lord amen Have a wonderful weekend and I look forward to seeing you, if not online on Sunday, maybe I'll see you on this coming Tuesday. God bless.